Are you ready for the word? I can't hear you. Are you ready for the word? Our speaker today has authored a book entitled I Ran for My Life. And also he has is a winner of 10 summer awards in South Africa. Very admired, multi-platinum musical artist. He has a great love for running. He has completed 13 comrade marathons. He has tremendous reach and influence as a music legend and a humanitarian through the community work he does with NGO that he co-founded called Shout South Africa. He has positioned himself through his personal transformation and overcoming drug addiction for almost 20 years now and as a mentor and inspiration to many on how to improve upon their lifestyle physically. He's helping people how to improve their lifestyle physically, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually. He is a husband and a father of two. He is the head of pastoral care at Rama Bible Church. He's a young leader that I really admire and I love him very much. Because as you've heard me say, young people, the gospel is safe in your hands if you follow God. Yeah, we, 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 and I was telling him that for, for two years under lockdown, we have not been able to do this. And thank God you've come in your thousands and next year we're going to Orlando Stadium in our thousands. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You young people must carry the baton of the gospel because some of us became Christians when we were very young. I was 17 years old when I became a Christian. And it's no shame to follow Christ and Christ knows how to keep you. And so I'm so excited, Barcelona, to have Pastor Cabello Mabalani who's going to come and preach. Give the Lord a big hand and a good give God, God bless you. Come on, give it up for Jesus. One, two, one, two. Okay. Thank you so much for a warm welcome. But now, I want you to make a noise for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. He's the light of our salvation. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's the beginning and the end. He's our good shepherd. He's our salvation, our redemption. He's our sanctification. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Kikosia di Kosi. Kimurena Wabarena. Kimudimu Wabadimu. Haayo Atsanan Liena. He is the beginning and the end. Everybody shout Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for every day that's new. We thank you that you are who you say you are and you can do what you say you can do. We thank you, Father, that your promises are yes and amen. I thank you for anointing me to have me say this morning what you want your sons, your daughters, your priests, your kings, your queens to hear this morning. And thank you for anointing all of us to practically apply what is spoken forth. I decree and declare that as the word goes forth, it will be followed by signs, wonders, and miracles. And it will go unhindered and unchecked by any forces of darkness because you stripped them of their sham authority when you hung on the cross more than 2,000 years ago. Jesus, you are the Lord of Lords and you are the King of Kings. 
I pray this in your wonderful, majestic name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Please have a seat. I'd like to first thank uh, Pastor Mosa, my bishop, presiding bishop, and my bishop. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I've come here over the years. It's been my desire to come back, you know, and serve alongside um, our bishops. Thank you so much, you know, for asking me to come here. You know, when a, when a, when a pastor gives over a platform to somebody else, it's, um, it's not a small thing. It's a massive thing, and it's a responsibility that um, I, I do not take very lightly. And then I've got a message for you from Pastor Ray. When I told him that uh, I was coming here today, he just said, you know what, please just send my regards to the whole church. So Pastor Ray sends his regards. Um, he was very, very excited um, to hear that I'm coming here uh, to minister. How was that production? Ass, like, wow. Wow, you can be very proud of yourself. Congratulations for the work that you've done. Now it's in the the band. Where's the band? I. No, but everybody. I mean, they must just get contracts on Netflix. You know, it's done. Fantastic work. Congratulations. I'm so excited to share the gospel this morning. The gospel. It's all about the gospel. I'm not coming here to motivate you or give you 10 points on how to be successful. I'm going to share with you this morning the gospel because it's all about the gospel. And Nothing compares to the gospel. As, as, as the skit showed, you can do all those things, try manifest, but you always end up in the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, if it's the power of God, surely then we should be sharing the gospel. Let's, let's, let's equip ourselves to understand what the gospel means. Let's equip ourselves to share the gospel because that's what's going to bring the world in. The world is lost. The world is dying. And they need us to share the gospel. Amen. The title of my share this morning is The Gospel of Grace Has Always Been Plan A. God has one plan. It's plan A because plan A works. God doesn't have plan A, then if plan A doesn't work, he goes to plan B. God has one plan, and that's plan A, and it works. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Why am I emphasizing that? Because what you believe affects what you think. What you think then becomes what you say. What you say then becomes your actions. Your actions become your habit. Habits become character. Character becomes destiny. But it all started with what you believe. So we've got to make sure that we're believing the right stuff. Because for far too long, we've been believing the wrong stuff. 
And, and if you believe the wrong stuff, and, and, and I really believe that people are well-intentioned. People are well-intentioned, but it's either they've been taught the wrong stuff, but more often than not, people believe the wrong stuff. People believe the wrong stuff, so rightly divide the word of truth because it's going to impact your destiny. The gospel is the good news about the message and the person and the power of grace. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. One of my favorite scriptures, a scripture that has absolutely blown my mind, Revelations 13 verse 8. It reads, the Lamb of God, which was sacrificed before the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God, which was sacrificed before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means before the creation week that we know in Genesis, before God spoke and said, let there be light, Christ had already died. Before God stepped into creation week, Christ had already died. First Peter chapter 1.20 said, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Dare I say, dare I say, that the cross, as we've come to know it, was a mere formality. God had settled it in his heart because he knew who he was going to create. He knew that he was going to create what we call free moral agents. Me and you can do whatever we want to do. We can choose whether we serve him. We can choose whatever we want to do. But because he knew that he was going to create free moral agents, he needed to cut covenant with himself first because there was no one greater for him to swear by he needed it settled in his heart Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 it says when God made a promise to Abraham since there was no one greater for him to swear by he swore by himself because many times in the word of God as you do your study man God cuts covenant with man but man does not keep his or her end of the bargain. So God had to cut covenant with himself to settle it once and for all that I'm going to love them even if they don't deserve it. I'm going to bless them even if they don't deserve it. I'm going to be faithful to them even if they're not faithful. He had to settle it in his heart. So I want to take the pressure off you this morning. God is not good to you because you are good. God is good to you because He is a good God. He is a good God. Amen. He swore by Himself. It's as if God took out an insurance policy before the creation of mankind. It's as if to say God had taken out an insurance policy before creating mankind. It's a fully comprehensive insurance that pays for all the damages, no matter what. And even promises to restore back as new. The insurance is the blood of Jesus. The main strength of the insurance, just like any other normal insurance policy, is that it was taken out before the incident. That is why it covers everything. <laughs> 
Jesus' death on the cross was not an afterthought by God, rushed through after the event of mankind falling into sin. It was settled before. So, 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 I, I want you to relax. God is going to love you even if you don't deserve it. Because when have you deserved it? I have a problem with that word deserve. We should actually take that word out in the, in the English dictionary. I deserve it. And we only speak about deserving something when it's only the good things. If we deserve the good, we deserve the bad. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. He settled it in his heart. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7, chapter 2 verse 7 to 10. Now we speak of God's secret wisdom. This is before the foundation of the world. God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified our Lord. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. God had settled it once and for all in his heart that he was going to bless us even if we don't deserve it. God had to do this because he knew that he was going to, he was going, the possible choices we would be faced with. Because we are free moral agents. The gospel of grace has always been plan A. You look at it in, 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 even in the Old Testament. You look at the prophet Hosea marrying a prostitute. Goma. It's a perfect picture of God and the church. The church is an adulterous church. Let me ask this question. Who in here loves God with all their heart, their mind, and their soul? Put your hand up. It's impossible. With this mind that I have, that I only use 10% of, I have to love my wife, I have to love my children, I have to travel, I have to do business, I have to do ministry, I have to be a parent. Where do I find time to love God with all my heart, my mind, and my soul? Let's stop focusing on the love that we have for God. Let's start focusing on the love that He has for us. Because it doesn't change. It's relentless. It keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. It keeps on chasing after us. The love of God is, is relentless. Amen. Because it's impossible to love God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. That's why that picture of the prophet Hosea and the, and the prostitute Gomer is a perfect picture of God in the church. I understand that, that God is coming back for, 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 for a triumphant church, a church without spot and blemish, a church which has fulfilled its mandate. But let's be honest, we, 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 we should be resting on his love for us. We should be resting on his love for us and stop disqualifying ourselves when we don't meet the standard. Because we will never meet the standard. We will never meet the standard. That's why he's the only one that was able to go to the cross. Matthew chapter 5, 17. I came to fulfill the law. 
He's the only one that can, could meet the standard. So stop trying to meet the standard and rest in the finished work on the cross. Receive what he has done for you. That is the gospel of grace. That's what empowers you to live a righteous life. When you rest and you receive what he has done for you on the cross of Calvary. Some people might say, well, Gabriel, you're making light of sin. I'm saying, but you're making light of my Savior. If you preach a message like this, you're going to be giving people a license to sin. People have been sinning without a license. So what are you talking about? People have been sinning without a license. Go read your Bible in Titus chapter 2. It says, it's the grace of God that empowers us to live righteously. It's the grace of God. It's somebody who, who receives and says, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. I look at the cross, and when I look at the cross, that's what empowers me to live a righteous lifestyle. Amen. He did a good and proper job on the cross. Isn't that good news? He loves you even if you are unfaithful. He chooses you even if you don't choose him. That's unconditional love. That's why there's a song that's called, it's a reckless love. It's a scandalous love. What kind of love is this? This love will change your mind. This love will change your, will, will, will change your life. And I know exactly what I'm talking about because I too was that girl in the play. But I thank God for Kuku. And God bless Mokuku. Who keep on speaking the word. They keep on speaking the word over our lives. Keep on speaking the word. Keep on declaring what you want to see over your children's lives. Keep on doing that because that's why I'm standing here this morning. That's why I'm standing here this morning. Drug addict, sex addict. Didn't know whether I was coming or going. Until I encountered this love. And I'll share a testimony. I was remember when I was on my way to Rhema, 1996. I got invited to Rhema. On my way to Rhema, I was staying with a friend who was going to church. And you all know, when you're staying with somebody that's going to church on Sunday. We are going to So, we are going But on the way to church, I remember, I remember, I remember, they spoke about Jesus. I encountered Jesus for the first time. I'd never heard the message that I heard that day. And then what happened was, I remember going forward and giving my life over to the Lord. But then coming out, and I remember Galatians all over the bridge. I was like, no, I'm changing my life. I don't want, you know, I don't want, I don't want to live that lifestyle anymore. I'm done. But later that night, I was like, ah, this salvation thing doesn't work. And I was back to my old lifestyle. But because I believed something wrong, I believed it was all about my performance, what I do. No one can take your salvation away from you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's why Paul says nothing can separate you. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Because he knows where he's been. 
I know where I've been. And I'm telling you now, nothing can separate you from the love of God. No failure, no success, no angel, no demon, no past, no present can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And that's what we need to rest in. And when we are so sure of our salvation, and we're not second-guessing ourselves, and it's not about our performance, it's only then we can go on and live for God and do for God because it's not based on my performance. It's not based on my performance. He's building the church, not me. Amen. That's the good news. That's the good news that we need to be sharing with the world. Let's stop telling people what to wear, how to speak, how to pray, how long to pray for. Tell them that God loves them unconditionally as they are. As they are. As they are. As they are. Pastor Musa, you don't know this, but I remember you invited me a long time ago. I was still fresh out of rehab. You called me into church. We sat on the stage and you, and you interviewed me. I came as I am. He invited me as I was. I was worthy to step into the presence of other believers to worship God. That's the kind of acceptance that we need to be giving to the world. Because it's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. We don't deserve it. He's not good to us because we are good. He's good to us because he is a good God. Amen. If you believe that, give him a shout and a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God cut covenant with himself. He settled it with himself. And he signed the insurance with the blood of Jesus. Not the blood of lambs or goats. The blood of Jesus ratified forever. You can't change it. That's why in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. If God said to me, Gabelo, you're wearing a green t-shirt today, this thing would turn green because he can't lie. And he does not change. If he decided before the foundation of the world that he is going to love you even if you don't deserve it. He's going to bless you even if you don't deserve it. He's decided it. He's decided it. Because the price was paid. God's righteous anger is quenched. Stop walking around thinking that God is angry with you. God is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to walk with you. He, he, wants, to, he wants to open doors for you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to heal you. That's who he is. And the thing is, you must understand one thing. The price for sin had to, pay, had to be paid. It had to be paid because God is a God of justice. He's a merciful God, but he's a God of justice. If, you are, if he's a righteous judge, he must judge sin. He must. So he judged sin. All his righteous anger is quenched on the body of Christ. God does not have any anger anymore left in him. Isn't that good news? Because some of you, sometimes you, you're scared to do stuff because you think he's angry. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. It's finished. 
The righteous requirements of the law have been met. God's anger is quenched. The holy standard of God has been kept up. It is finished. The pressure is off us. We can live free. We are free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what the word of God says. We are redeemed. We are free. Amen. He did a good and proper job on the cross of Calvary. And, 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 and I implore you, I urge you to grow in understanding what happened on that cross. Our sins being taken away from us. Our sins being removed as far as the east is from the west. You know why the word says as far as the east is from the west? Because if you stand at the north pole, you can walk to the south pole. If you walk in a straight line, you can walk to the south pole. You get to the south pole. If you walk straight, you're going to get to the north pole and on and on and on. You can't walk from the east to the west. It's impossible. That's why our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. That's how far they are. That's how he has forgotten about them. They are so far. When, as a born again child of God, when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. He sees somebody who's blood bought, who's blood washed. That's who he sees. He doesn't see somebody with, 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 with shortcomings or failures. Because the old man was crucified on the cross. Those old habits are just remnants of the old man. But if, but if anyone is in Christ, the word says, he's a new creature. The old has gone. That's what the word of God says. And if he says it, I believe it. I actually meant to say, if he said it, it's settled. Amen. Because we used to say, if he said it, it's settled. If he said it, I believe it, it's settled. As if it being settled is based on us believing. No, 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 no. He said it. It's settled. I believe it. Amen. He's a good God. He's a good God. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 to 8. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into an open, spacious, free life. Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what God is doing. That's why the word says, but we with unveiled face. Because the veil has been taken off. Behold, as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image daily. So we become by beholding. We don't become by doing. Because how much is enough? I didn't tithe enough. I didn't fast enough. I didn't go to church enough. I didn't pack the chairs. I did. How much is enough? How much is enough? People have been disqualifying themselves based on their works. So I don't deserve it this week. Last week, I was 16. Seven hours. And the thing is, if you are justified by your works, now you're in the enemy's playground. 
You're in the enemy's playground because if you boast about seven, utlor sister mang mang bara peti fourteen, and then nebano meti fail. If it's going to be based on your work, Galatians chapter five. If anyone is justified by the law, they are fallen from grace. Christ becomes of no effect. If you are justified by what you do, the word, of, the word of God says, you have fallen from grace, which means grace is a higher standard of living. You have fallen from grace. If, 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 you are, if, if it's all about your performance, it's a low standard of living. It's a low standard of living. Receiving God's riches at Christ's expense, that's a high standard of living. I always say to young people, it's as if Morena Jeso, we look around or go UG. I don't want to exam. Bafita Baro Kim Rena Jeso, Umala exam. Matthew chapter 5 17. You've come to fulfill the law. Umala, 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 umala. A passe. Summa cum laude. Summa cum laude pelagi, ki ki hundred percent. Hundred percent. He comes out into the foyer. Like, oh, but what breaks my heart? Some of you still want to go write the exam. You still want to go write. It's just too good to be true. What, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm forgiven? What do you mean he loves me unconditionally? What do you mean after I've spoken to that person, he still loves me, he still wants to favor me? And I've noticed how God moves. Those times when you've just messed up, and then you step into whether you share the word, he moves the most because he wants to show you, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about his goodness. Amen. So stop disqualifying yourself. You're disqualifying yourself for no reason. You're disqualifying yourself no, for no reason. There is a freedom that has been purchased for us. I see, I see young people acting, music, rap, all these things. You can do it in Christ. You can do it in Christ. You can be a Bafana Bafana soccer player, passionate about Jesus. You, 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 you can be a supermodel, passionate about Jesus not compromising going into those spaces knowing exactly who you are coming out and worshiping God you can do it you can do it that's the freedom that we have we have that freedom it's the freedom that we have I've got the gift God has blessed me with the gift that, that, that has put me in front of kings that, that gives me a platform to share his goodness because now you've connected the gift and the giver of the gift. When you connect the gift and the giver of the gift, you understand the purpose of the gift. You understand the purpose of the gift because if you don't understand the purpose of the gift, like me, once upon a time, abuse is inevitable. You start sleeping around. It's all about driving the fleshy cars, living in the right address because you don't know what the purpose is. How many rap stars, models, soccer players we've lost in the church because we've told them, you can't do it. 
And they've also believed it. Because it's, it's, it's one of those platforms that we need. The word of God says the earth is groaning for the children of God to be revealed. So we need to be everywhere. We need to be everywhere occupying all spaces. That's what the word, the earth is groaning, it's waiting for us. It's waiting for us in those spaces to declare the goodness of God, to declare the love of God, to declare the forgiveness of sins. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Amen. Christ has become of no effect. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Jesus is not going to compete with us. It's either we're going to rest and he works, or we work and he rests. He won't compete. He won't compete. I heard somebody say, and this is such a powerful statement, if God wants all the glory, let him do all the work. Let him do all the work. Amen. Because he's, he is doing the work. It's not us. That's why he wants all the glory because it's all him. Amen. God is not going to compete with us. When we work, he rests. He rests. If you want to do it by yourself, it's okay, Mdanam. Cool. Why? Tell me how that works. Tell me how that works out. But you know, being the loving God that he is, even out there, send laborers along your path, speaking words over your life, meeting strangers who keep on sowing seeds. It's the relentless love of God. Because he understands that we need to choose him on our own volition. But he's always going to be throwing hints. Always. Bill, he speaks through, Bill, now God speaks through me through adverts, billboards. I see he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Everywhere I see him. Everywhere I see him. Amen. Amen. You know, even, <laughs> even going to hell is, 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 is not enough to pay for our sins. There's only one sacrifice that's enough. And that's the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. There's only one sacrifice that's enough. We can't. You, we can't. He's the only one that can pay for sin. Amen. He's the only one that can pay for sin. And this is the message that the world needs to hear. Let's stop giving them a long list of what they need to do. Hmm? At least I don't do that. At least I don't smoke. At least I don't do. These are all outward things. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 speaks about God looks on the heart. Speaking about David, he looks on the heart. You might not smoke, you might not live that lifestyle, but the heart. And the thing is, what, what I love about the heart, you can't hide because the word says, out of the, you know, guard your heart for out of, the, out of it flows the issues of life. Whatever you see in your life is in your heart. So even if you don't do those outward things, right? It's a hard condition. But still, do not disqualify yourself. God is not good to us because we are good. He's good to us because he's a good God. 
and I'm not advocating lawlessness. I'm not advocating lawlessness for people to do whatever they want to do because sin still has consequences. Sin still has consequences. If you submit an irregular tender document, God loves you. He paid the price for your sins, but the cops are coming. One understand? Because I don't want you to think, oh, I can do anything, Moses. It's been paid for. It has been paid for, but sin has consequences. God will not be mocked. Whatever, whatsoever we sow, we reap. It's a, it's a principle. It's a principle. But, but I don't want you to, to disqualify yourself by doing something foolish. We, we, we've seen many, many, many examples in the word of God where, 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 where God has proven himself. If, even if you look at the way the Bible has been written, God spends one chapter on creation. One. The rest of the book is all about redemption. It's all about redemption. It's all about him receiving you back and paying the price for what you did. It's all about his unconditional acceptance. Amen. So Because sin has consequences, right? But I don't want you to disqualify yourself by what you do because it's been paid for. That's why the word of God says, now go and sin no more. When you've understood. Because power over sin doesn't come by, by changing your behavior. Power, power over sin comes by realizing that you've been forgiven. That's how it comes. By realizing you've, you've been forgiven. That's why he could say to that woman, now go and sin no more. Do I condemn you? Do they condemn you? Now go and sin no more. Because your sin is not going to be imputed on you. You've been forgiven. Amen. Jesus has gone to the cross. But some of us are living like he hasn't gone to the cross. Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but calls you by your name. Still. Still calls you by your name. That's good news. That's good news. We, if we go before the cross, because this is the differentiator. Everything has to be judged through the cross. Everything has to be judged through the cross. If we look at the righteous requirements before the cross, you go to Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 5. The first two words are telling. It says, if you, which means it's based on your performance, what you do. If you fully obey God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. On you, before the cross. After the cross, the first word is telling in Galatians chapter 3. It says, Christ. So it's no longer about you. It's about what he has done after the cross. Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith, we might receive the promise 
of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We look at salvation before the cross. Matthew chapter 19. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Can you see the focus is on? What must I do? What must I do to get eternal life? Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. He says, which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and then love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all these I have kept. Can you see it's about him? All these I have kept. Let me give you an advice. You don't want to get in this kind of conversation with Jesus. You don't want to be getting into that kind of conversation. All these I have kept, he says. It's all about his performance. I showed up at church. I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been coming to serve more than the other person. I've been doing this. Therefore, I deserve it. The thing is, if, you, if it's going to be about your performance, God will give you the proper standard of the performance that you need to fulfill. That's what he did with, with the woman who was being stoned. He, he lifted up the standard because they said if a woman is caught in adultery, they must be stoned. Which is right, it's the truth. As per the law. But now he raises the proper standard. He says if anyone has sinned, cast the first stone. That is now the, the full standard of the law. So can you see, you can never use what you do as, 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 as a point of you justifying yourself. You can't. It will never be enough. Jesus lifts up the standard and he says, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Breaking the first commandment. You shall honor God. He couldn't honor God with his wealth. And the word of God says in James, if you break one, you've broken all of them. Can you see how high the standard is? So stop trying to attain it. And stop disqualifying yourself when you fall short. All of us have fallen short. Amen. We just need to rest and receive the work that was done on that cross of Calvary. Amen. Give the Lord a shout and a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation after the cross. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all. They spoke of the Lord, the word of the Lord to him, and to all the others in his house. Grace isn't a small prayer we say before a meal, it's a way of life. 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 If you look at the world that we live in, every system of morality, every single religion, every single system of morality, it's all about us working 
and getting to God. But Jesus flipped the script on the cross. He came and lifted us up to God. Today, we are seated in heavenly places, far above any demanding spirit or principality. Amen. Every morality system is trying to get to God. There's a song. And It also broke my heart when Muhammad Ali died and he said the good things I've done on this earth is me paying rent for heaven. There's only one sacrifice that's enough. It's Jesus. We can't do enough. Stop trying to do enough. Just believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe that your sins have been paid for. It's done. It is finished. I want to close with this. My phone is sin. My hand is us. When Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, sin marred the earth. Communion with God stopped. God couldn't look at us. It even says in Habakkuk that you can't, you can't, you can't look on wrongdoing. That's what the Word of God says. Now I want you to see when the sin gets taken away, the light that shines on my head. Jesus comes, takes our sin away. Now God can see you. He says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much because he can now hear you. Now you can talk to him. You can have communion with him based on what he did, not on what you did. Because you couldn't take away sin, but he took it away. Now he can look at you. He can talk to you. He can have communion with you. You can trust him. You can have a conversation with him because the sin issue has been dealt with. Once and for all, once and for all, the sin issue has been dealt with. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He has justified us. Amen. Give him a shout and a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. He's a good God. This is the gospel, church. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. When you know you've heard the gospel, faith arises. Faith arises. That you know what? I can be who he has called me to be. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, I read that scripture the other day and I never used to read the B part of that scripture. Isaiah chapter 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that raises up against you, you shall condemn and it shall fail. I used to stop there. It goes because, he says, this is the inheritance of the children of God. Because my righteousness, their righteousness is from me. You can't condemn God's righteousness. 
You can't speak ill against God's righteousness. You can't touch God's righteousness. And that's what God, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He, God took our sin and put it on Jesus and took his righteousness and put it on us. So I am as righteous as Jesus is right now because the word of God says in 1 John chapter 4, 17, as he is, so am I in this world. As healthy as he is, as strong as he is, as wise as he is, as holy as he is, as chosen as he is, as set apart as he is, as anointed as he is, as wealthy as he is, as strong as he is, as young as he is, as he is, so am I in this world. You can't touch God's righteousness. It's untouchable. That's why we are able to condemn words that are spoken over the righteous children of the Most High God. If you are in this place, and if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Today is your day. You are not here by mistake. You are here because God knew you were here. God has been busy behind the scenes, orchestrating, making sure that you are here. Amen. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Church, heaven is a free gift. No one earns heaven. It's a free gift. But man is a sinner and needs a Savior. I can't save you. The bishop can't save you. But we can lead you to the Savior. I've got good news for you today. And I hope you heard me loud and clear. God is a God of mercy. He doesn't want to punish you. His righteous anger has been quenched on the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. He's a God of mercy. He doesn't want to punish you, but he's a God of justice. He must deal with sin. He dealt with sin by sending his son Jesus, who paid the price for all our sins, sins in the past, sins in the present, sins in the future. Sins we are yet to do have been paid for. What do you mean sins in the future? Well, the word of God says, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died. So every sin we did from that point on was in the future and he had died for those sins too. And all you have to do is receive and say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for me. That's all you have to do. It's the sweetest deal in the world. Show me a better deal where somebody does the work, but you get all the benefits. If you are in this place, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, please give me the privilege and honor of praying for you. I want to speak to a group, another group of people. You've walked with the Lord. You've tasted the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But right now, you're living in a spiritual pigsty and you need to come back home. That's why Jesus died on the cross with open arms like this. Because he was ready to receive you when you came home. Open arms. Not, he didn't die on the cross like that. Accusing you. He died on the cross with open arms. Ready to receive you. When you chose to come back home. If you fall into any of those two categories. Please give me the privilege of praying with and for you. If you say, Cabello, please pray for me. I need Jesus. I need to come back home. Wherever you are, do something brave. And just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Say, Cabello, I need Jesus. 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 
I need Jesus. I need Jesus. There's no shame in your game if you need Jesus. I put my hand up like this because I need him. I cannot do this without him. Thank you for your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you put your hands up wherever you are, I want you to come stand with me here in the front. Come. 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 Keep clapping, church. They're coming. Come. 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 Hallelujah. Come forward. Come forward. Come. Come. Hallelujah. Come. Look at me, all of you. I want you to look at me, all of you. Please look at me. You are not standing here in shame. You are not standing here embarrassed. You are standing here in victory. 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 You are standing here in victory. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're not praying to Cabello. You're praying to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his name is Jesus. God has a plan for every single one of you. He has a plan for every single one of you. He says when you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He says, I know the numbers of hairs on your head. He knows you. He's got a plan for you. After we pray this prayer, come back to church. Get yourself a Bible. Start speaking to God. Don't disqualify yourself. When you've messed up, come back. Don't run away from God. Keep coming. Don't run away from God. Run to God. Run to God. I used to have this Bible school teacher used to have a ministry called Eldorado Park. And I said, it's a lady to teach called Eldorado Park. And I said, I'm going to go to the radio. And I said, I'm going to go to the radio. And I said, Come as you are. I don't want you to fix yourself. Don't fix yourself and then get God. Get God and He will fix you. Don't disqualify yourself anymore. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the free gift of heaven. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Thank you that you're a God of mercy. I know you don't want to punish me but you're a God of justice. You must deal with sin. Thank you for sending your son Jesus who paid the price for all my sins. I receive this free gift of salvation by having faith in you alone. Jesus, you are now my Lord. Spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Give them a round of applause, please. Hallelujah.
Let's give the Lord a big hand for Pastor Cavallo. Young people, God knows how to preserve your lives. Let him work in your life. Let him work in your life. I was 17 years old when I received Christ. And I love what Pastor Cabello has shared. It's in your understanding of what he has done in your life. That's what gives you power over sin. It's in you understanding who Christ is in your life. And allowing that to grow in your life. And that's what helps you to live for God. If you miss it, you keep on coming back to God and keep on loving God. It's a process of growth and it's doable. Here am I, I'm 61 years old now. I became a Christian and I'm 17 years old. God knows how to keep somebody's life. He knows. Yeah, yeah. Don't stay away from church. Don't stay away from reading God's word. Don't stay away from good company. People who love God, people who serve Jesus. Come in an environment like this. It's as you grow in those things, in a full understanding of what Christ has done for you. That's what gives you the strength to live the way God wants you to live. I congratulate you all for raising your hands and coming all the way. This is what